Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad.
All right. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be back. All right. It's great to be back on the George Wilder Jr. Show, and I'm George Wilder, uh, broadcasting on Block Talk Radio, Internet Radio, podcast. All righty. It, <laughs> it is sunny. It is beautiful in the city of Chicago. And folks, listeners, I hope that wherever you are in the world listening to the show, I hope everything's going okay, and I hope everything's fine. And I hope you are enjoying some of, some of the great weather that we are enjoying in the state of Illinois. And uh, it is so great to be back. Uh, you know, we've uh, had to sometimes I have to take two or three days off uh, just for uh, uh, to catch my breath and to uh, do some booking and advertising for the show and all that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm on four days a week, four days a week, always four days a week, uh, starting at 6 p.m. Chicago time to 7.30 p.m. Yeah, Chicago time, sometimes longer, depends on what's happening. Uh, anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, <laughs> it is such a beautiful day and a beautiful time. It's been a great summer, don't you think? Don't you think? It's been a beautiful, beautiful summer. And, uh, you know, um, my, I have been asked several times who does the music for the show. Basically, it's my son. My son, Denver, does the music for the show. And I, I, sometimes I'm so surprised at how good he is. He just goes to the computer and he puts uh, riffs together. He puts loops together and uh, it sounds like an actual band. And he just does it by himself. I mean, he has a, this um, a computer, musical computer programs and and uh, he's very, very creative with it. And basically, you know, he does at least uh, uh, some of the music on the show and Majority of the music on the show is, you know, cover songs. But, you know, but basically, uh, he does the music. He does the music, okay? And he puts this stuff together, and he surprises me with it. Because, you know, when he does, when when he has something to show me that he's done for this show, you know, I'm always skeptical. I'm always skeptical. I say, all right, let, let me hear what you got. You know, I'm thinking it's going to be garbage. But then... It's not garbage. It's 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 actually uh, great. It's wonderful. It's 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 talent, and I tell him that all the time because that boosts his confidence. You know, because if it was actually garbage, I would I'd excuse me, I would have no problem saying Denver, this is garbage, but it's not. It's it's uh, creative. I wish he could do a lot more and he does it every day and every night and all that kind of thing. And I don't think it's going to get him a paying job, but, uh, it, <laughs> and I've told him that, but, uh, it's still talent. You know, it's great talent. He does the, uh, the music for the show. If it's not a cover song, he does the music for the show. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And, and I also do the music for the show. If it's not a cover song, um, I also do the music for the show, but I think he's a little bit better at doing it than I am. That's why, that's why I always insist that he helps out, you know, because I want him to feel a part of the show. I don't think he's capable of uh, sitting in front of a mic and being a, a host. I don't think that's in his repertoire, but still in all, I want him to be a part of the show as if he's being involved in something that's going on. And uh, I always like that. I always like, that's why I put his voice in here 
uh, introducing this show because he is good in, in, in some things. He is he's a good kid. He's a great child. Um, uh, he's not a child anymore, but he I any parent, no matter how old the kids get, you always look at them as children, even though they might be 46 years old. And, you know, and you call them children, you know. But I'm a grown man, mama. Can't you see the gray? Uh, well, anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. As as always, we got some news. Donald Trump. Okay, we have a guest called, uh, a guest, Justin Price, called Justin Price, uh, movie promoter. Uh, this is what it says on my marquee. Uh, we'll see where that goes. All righty, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. You can always follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here, uh, 347-857-1762. Um, yeah, uh, like the introduction says, this is one of the uh, best radio shows in the city of Chicago, but I would like to expand it further than that. The world. Uh, the world. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Okay. David Duke, Donald Trump. I mean, we just have to go there, okay? We just have to go there. Okay, this is this is um, Monday, uh, August 14th, and he decided to come out and be a little bit more forceful in responding to the chaos that... Uh, was over the weekend in um, Virginia, Charlottesville. Okay, his response was not good, and, and he's, it, it, I didn't like it. And a lot of people on Facebook and other uh, social media outlets didn't like it. A lot of senators and politicians didn't like it. A lot of plain old ordinary folks didn't like it, and we were ripping a uh, ripping a knot in Donald Trump. And then he decided to. Uh, to come out and, and uh... all right, they're saying that Taylor Swift has won her vape. Let's, let's see what it says. Hold on. Jury rules in favor of Taylor Swift and in a DJ groping trial. He, I mean, did you see the photograph of Taylor Swift and this DJ? I mean, he had his hand all up, down, in. And under her dress. I mean, there is no way he can deny this. And the guy, he tried to uh, say that uh, because he was suing Taylor, Taylor Swift, the singer, uh, because he said that he lost his job over it. Duh, you had your hand under someone's dress, groping her behind. You should have lost your job. And the thing about it, he had the goal to try to sue Taylor Swift because he lost his job for groping her. But uh, this, I mean, people are just dumb and crazy. He'll never get another job now. I mean, she has won this thing. She took it to trial. On uh, a few days, the jury came back in her favor, saying that this guy groped her. You know, I don't know if he's going to go to jail or not. You know, he should but he will never probably work in the radio industry or anywhere or digging dirt for that matter anywhere because of this, this has ruined his life. And basically you can say that he ruined his own life, this DJ, 
I mean, I seen the photograph and I'm going, whoa, he's, he has his hand straight under her skirt in the back. And she's just smiling. Most women wouldn't say anything. They, they would enjoy it, you know, but, but it's great when women come out and, and call these guys out, call them out. Because a lot of times these guys try to make the woman or young girl feel as if they are the blame for what this man, these guys do to them. And they're not. And that's another thing I want to say, domestic violence. There's a lot of women around here, everywhere. I mean, they just put up with being beaten and sexually and physically and mentally abused by guys. I mean, you have to get out of these type of relationships. You know, I mean, there there are women out here who put up with it and they will defend the their abuser. They will defend the guy who knocked their teeth out. They will, they will defend the guy who gave them two puffy black eyes. This is crazy. This should be a wake-up call. I think Taylor Swift, uh, 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 this trial and Taylor Swift said something about the uh, women being abused and groped by guys. And it also says a lot about domestic violence, as, as I alluded to. You know, I mean, you don't have to stay in a rotten relationship. You don't. You know, I've written about this. I mean, Maxine Monroe, I have three. I'm still working on a current and third story about uh, domestic violence in a fictional manner, okay? It's fictional, but some of the uh, things that I'm talking about, at least a few of the things I'm talking about in some of these stories, Maxime Monroe stories, are real. They really happen. I, I mean, before I wrote these stories, I researched it. Uh, I researched a lot of the uh, women uh, and read articles on so many women, and I've had women on the show who talked about Domestic violence, being beaten, pistol whipped uh, by no good guys. So I, I, I've I've been an advocate against domestic violence against women because I I grew up seeing this stuff, you know, in 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 and around my neighborhoods. So I think uh, Taylor Swift is a hero to a lot of women, just like Maxine Monroe. I think. Um, my character that I created for these three stories. Uh, if you haven't been to my website, uh, if you haven't been to my website on Amazon and check these stories out, you know, uh, you should. You should. They're very compelling. They're very uh, true to life, but they're fiction. And um, www.amazon.com slash author slash G Wilder. Check all of that stuff out. There's some good stuff up there. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Once again, it's been beautiful. Where was I at before I got off on Taylor Swift? Okay, David Duke. We were talking about the massacre in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, over the weekend, and Donald Trump's poor first response. It was so poor. And uh, it, he was blaming everybody. And there was only one person, one group to blame. And that was the neo-Nazis, white supremacists, racists. 
And uh, they, David Duke, I mean, if you've seen the video of David Duke saying over the weekend, uh, this past weekend, uh, saying that we voted for Donald Trump, we're doing this for Donald Trump to take our country back. Take your country back from what? From what are you taking your country back? I mean, over the weekend, uh, a woman who was standing, I think she was 32 years old, standing up against hate was rammed when uh, when one of these neo-Nazis, white supremacists, uh, 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 ran his car into a crowd of uh, protesters who were protesting peacefully. And I'm just hearing that he's got, he's he's been, he, he has been charged with second to degree murder and there's no bond which is great but trump he took so damn long to denounce this and when he did denounce it in in a second speech he really wasn't that sincere because if anybody was watching that speech uh, where he denounced this he came out and called out who they were he didn't do it in the first place he didn't do it in the first speech sorry and uh, a lot of us were saying that he was coach. A lot of us saying that he was reading a teleprompter. A lot of us were saying that he was reading someone else's words that they had wrote for him, that that was actually not Donald Trump. And I believe that. I believe that the speech, that, the second speech that Donald Trump gave condemning all of this garbage and calling out these folks by their names was not sincere. That's not Donald Trump. Somebody wrote that for him. I mean, presidents have speech writers. They have writers all over the place. Somebody wrote that, and he just read it off a teleprompter so he wouldn't go off script because every time Donald Trump goes off script, he says something goofy and stupid and newsworthy. And then his minions and his flunkies, they have to go around the talk show circuit and try to defend or try to say what he really meant. However, uh, even though Donald Trump gave this speech, a lot of people are saying it wasn't good enough. It was too late, too late, too late, you know, and they are some people are calling him the racist in chief. You know, and uh, I can see the point because the, these people put him in office. This is his base. A lot of us were saying, well, you know, they're not going to. Uh, He's not going to denounce these people because they're his base. These are the people who they they're, they're not the only people who put him in office, but they are, are some of the people who put him in office. They are his base. And Donald Trump base has really waned. I mean, a lot of people have left the Republican Party. A lot of the people who have voted for him uh, wish they had not voted for him. I mean, he's lost a lot of support, but there's a few idiots out there a few idiots, a few racists that uh, no matter what he does, take away their health care, take away their jobs, you know, let them die in the street. They're going to still uh, support him because they are stupid. What can you say? You got a lot of stupid people um, in the world. And a lot of people are calling for Donald Trump to resign. They're calling for him to be kicked out of the White House. Because the White House belongs to us. The White House belongs to you and me, 
all Americans. It doesn't belong to Donald Trump. He occupies it. Presidents occupy the White House for four, maybe eight years, but that's it. It belongs to the people. We, Our taxes go for the upkeep of the White House. The White House was built by slaves and slave owners. Uh, slaves, basically, brick by brick. The White House was built by slaves. It wasn't built by anybody associated with Donald Trump. His ancestors did that. That White House belongs to the people. And we have a right to say who, who occupies it and who doesn't. Not the Republicans in Congress. I do understand that a lot of those Republicans in Congress, they are calling for Donald Trump's head too. Because they fear, they should have feared this a long time ago. They fear that Donald Trump is going to cost them their jobs in 2018. They don't have to fear it. It's a reality. He will cost you your jobs in 2018. There's no doubt about it. Whether whether you kick him out now or kick him out later or never kick him out at all, he's going to. I mean, these guys and girls, these representatives and these senators, if they're up for election in 2018, they can forget it. The damage has been done. People are upset. They're fired up. They're going to take back their country because they know that they can. Donald Trump hears the people of this country, but he pretends as if he does not. The Republicans, they hear the people of America. They sit back and pretend that they do not. But they're going to hear uh, uh, those uh, voters come 2018. They're going to hear that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, it's a lot about Donald Trump. I mean, it's everywhere. This guy's all over the place. People are talking about him because it's news. I mean, this show is not, I don't want to, I don't want to make this show about Donald Trump, but somehow it winds up, ends up, we talking about him because he's making all of this. It's always something coming out of the White House. Every single goddamn day, it's something coming out. Right now, even though we've had this atrocity and horrific uh, hateful event in Charlottesville, Virginia, Donald Trump and his minions and his and his flunkies are working right now to distract us from this and put it and so we can start thinking about something else. Donald Trump is the king of distraction. Right now, uh, we're talking about Charlottesville. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about something else. This is the way Donald Trump works. And then after that, something else, something else. And a lot of people, Donald Trump thinks a lot of people have forgotten about these investigations. They have not been forgotten about Donald. We know that they're coming. They're coming. But the hell with these investigations. You, you done already told, told the world that you are a racist. You are a neo-Nazi. You are part of the KKK because you did not you did not come out forcefully enough the first time you hit the cameras. You had a chance to lead and you didn't. And I've I keep telling people there's three hundred and 
There's 324 million people in America. And there's a few bullies, Republican bullies in Washington. Now, who has the most power? There's no doubt about it. The people has the most power. Collectively, we can throw them all out on their asses. And they know it. They know it. All right, you've been listening listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Folks, it is, oh, it is just, I mean, the first six, seven months of Donald Trump has been so unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable what's going on in the world today. It is totally unbelievable. The president's manufacturing council. Ken All right, you may have to turn up your volume for this. When this group has been meeting, Ken Frazier quit. And what did the president do about it? He went after him. Uh, the president wrote, now that Ken Frazier, a Merck farmer, has resigned from president's manufacturing council, we have more time to lower rip-off drug prices. And again, if you're keeping score at home, that's one mention of Ken Frazier in the last 48 hours, zero mention of white supremacy. Right. This is the Trump style. Um, you get in his face, he'll hit you back, as he says. He's a counterpuncher. He's immediate. He throws everything at you and so forth and so on. Um, you know, if, if we ever heard that about, say, Vladimir Putin, that would be that would be interesting. If we ever heard anything like that about any of the, the foul racists uh, committed murder and disruption over the weekend, that would be a great thing, too. But that's not who we have as president. You know, and the, the, the question has become, I think, for a lot of people, and this is why I think the Merck CEO resigned and why you see uh, religious leaders like uh, Charles Blake, the, uh, the, the leader of the Churches of God in Christ, big statement for an entire religious denomination over the weekend, people are sort of going back to their core principles. They're speaking from a place of conscience. They're trying to do what many people thought they, the president might do or should do. But this is an act, a, a time of conscience, a time of truth for everyone. And people are choosing to do what they have seen the president fail to do. It's interesting. You said if you get in the president's face, he will respond. What if you get in America's face? You know, what if you get in freedom space. I think that's what people are asking. Will he respond to that directly by name? Anna Navarro, look, full disclosure, you are an extreme critic of President Trump and have been for a long, long time. Nevertheless, this is what you wrote this weekend. I've been embarrassed about having Trump as president many times, but no time worse than today. I'm beyond embarrassed. I'm ashamed. Why do you feel this was the worst of the worst? Now, he was so embarrassing when he was a candidate, right? And there were so many things he did which just made you cringe, just made you indignant. I was embarrassed when he shoved the national leader at the G20. I was embarrassed when he wouldn't shake Angela Merkel's hand. But this, now, he's six-plus months into the presidency. There are times when the president of the United States needs to step up and be the unifier-in-chief, be the consoler-in-chief, be the healer-in-chief. This was such a moment for him, and he blew it to such a level in order to pander to members of his base who he did not want to antagonize. At a moment when the country so badly needed to hear from the president of the United States about healing and unity and condemning white supremacy and condemning racism and condemning neo-Nazis, he was a coward. He didn't have the spine to behave like the leader of the United States. And I feel that to be shameful. And I'm glad Republicans are calling him out on it. I'm glad elected leaders in the Republican Party are finally, finally stopping to 
and stopping looking the other way and confronting the fact that he's not only unfit to be president. In my book, his lack of empathy, his lack of leadership, his lack of courage, he's unfit to be human. Well, okay. Let's talk about him as the president of the United States, though, for, for, for a second, Anna, right now. We are told the White House says that he will address this later today. What could he say, Anna, that will correct this in your mind? Nothing. It's been three days since the march. It's been two days since Heather Heyer died, was murdered by a white supremacist. It's been days since all sorts of spiritual governments, elected Republicans, Americans have been asking him and calling on him to say something and have the, the spine to call out white supremacy. And it's going to take how many focus groups? It's going to take how many days? It's going to take how many pressure points? Look, he had a, a, an opportunity. He's had two days. He's had more than two days to address this, and he has failed to do so. To do so now under duress because of public perception, because of public pressure, Thank you, buddy. I don't. I really don't need it. I think it's the spiritual leaders. I think it's the governors. I think it's the other elected leaders. I think it's U.S. citizens. I think it's regular people that need to step up, and we need to be the ones that unify and heal ourselves because the president of the United States is a shameful nincompoop, incapable of doing it on his own. Okay. First of all, the president of the United States is arriving. It joins Peter Andrews right now. You're looking at live pictures of his arrival. Ben Ferguson, you know, I want to give you to respond. Uh, to what Anna yeah. just said. And Ben, I, I, I want to note here that I've listened to you over the weekend. You were on quite a bit over this weekend with this all developing, uh, you know, with some very thoughtful commentary, noting that the president did call for love and he did call out hate in generic terms. That's what you heard. But before you respond, I want to tell you what many of these white supremacists heard. The Daily Stormer, which is one of the journals that, that you know, chronicles uh, their thoughts, they liked the president's comment. They said Trump comments were good. He didn't attack us. He just said the nation should come together. Nothing specific against us. He said that we need to study why people are so angry and implied that there was hate on both sides. So that's what they heard. At a minimum, does he need to tell these groups, hey, guys, you know, I'm not with you? Well, I think two things here. One, all these white supremacist groups, it's pretty clear they know how to play the media and get media attention and get their message out there and bring in new members. They mention Donald Trump's name, they get in the media, and people pay attention to them. Whether it's David Duke or this crazy magazine that I've never heard of until this weekend, now they have people that have literally found them and people that are going to focus on them and maybe even join them. So I, I expect them to play us this way, and I don't think we should give them credibility. Second thing is this. Uh, I think the president today is going to clarify his remarks. I think it's very clear uh, that he needs to specifically call out these groups by name. I also think his perspective. If you would like your product, service, or your book to be mentioned on the George Wilder Jr. Show twice a day, four days a week, <laughs> right here on the George Wilder Jr. Show, just email the show or email its host for more details. Thank you. Yeah, they're calling Trump the racist in chief. Yeah, Trump's, <laughs> Trump condemned racism as evil. Here are six times, 16 times he embraced it. Yeah, I remember um, 
I recall reading one time, I don't actually remember that Trump denied uh, African-Americans uh, tenement in one of his uh, buildings. You know, so that was true. And it's saying he did it 16 times. He embraced racism and he 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 has embraced it here. Tr Donald Trump is Donald Trump. Donald Trump cannot be anyone else but Donald Trump. No matter how many words, uh, no matter what they put in front of him for him to say, he'll say it. He'll grit his teeth and say it. But that's not what he believes. Because Trump has a history of being hesitant or condemned to condemn white supremacists. He has a history of it. This is what he does. Somebody wrote a speech, put it in, put it in front of him and told him to say it, told him to read it. He's reading somebody else's words. He was under duress. The whole world was condemning him. He had no other choice but to say that or he would have probably uh, been uh, impeached. He said this to keep his job. It may not have been in his heart, uh, uh, this speech that he gave today, the second one, or the, which uh, this actually happened three days ago, and he's now just now giving a speech, and a lot of people are saying that that's not Donald Trump. He was coerced. He was under duress. He, read, he was reading off a teleprompter. Someone words that he, that someone written for him. Like, as I've said before, um, presidents have speech writers. And Donald Trump doesn't write any of that. He just, uh, someone writes it, puts it in front of him, and he reads it. It doesn't mean that he ad adhered to anything that he has read those words maybe didn't mean a thing to him when he was reading them today, when he should have uh, came out strongly uh, condemning this two or three days ago at the, at, at the uh, behest of this broadcast. So, you know, uh, Donald Trump failed on this from all sides. He's failed at this from all sides. It took more than 48 hours, but President Donald Trump finally denounced the white supremacist groups whose rally in Charlottesville, uh, Charlottesville uh, Virginia, this past weekend sparked deadly, deadly violence. And I've said this several times. Somebody was going to die. Uh, that's, uh, that was going to be somehow connected to the Trump White House because it was just so much corruption, so much vileness coming out of the White House, so much nastiness, so many lies, uh, investigation after investigation after investigation, Trump being just as ridiculous as anybody. He's a businessman. He's not a politician. Even Mitch McConnell has said, this man doesn't know nothing about how uh, uh, to govern. Uh, and everybody is saying that Democrats and Republicans are saying he doesn't know a thing about governing. But somehow Donald Trump thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And by him thinking that he's the smartest guy in the room when he's actually the dumbest, because he will not take time to learn about his job, his role in America, that he's a leader. He's someone to look up to, you know, 
I mean, for so long, you've been so long. So many Americans, you know, the past few decades, so many Americans have been saying, wow, talking to the children and saying, hey, you can grow up to be anything you want to be. You can even grow up to be the president of the United States. Now, you don't have that many Americans talking to their kids like that anymore because of Donald Trump. You don't want your kid to grow up to be like Donald Trump. I don't think <laughs> I don't think nobody could ever grow up to be like Donald Trump. You know, but Donald Trump has defaced the White House. I think he's uh, trashed the Oval Office. He's got, he has these racists and thugs around him in the White House, Bannon and 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 more of them. You know, he has these people around uh, and in the White House who are advising him. There's no no doubt about it. I mean, you've got uh, racism in the White House. There is no doubt about it. It's right there. The Republicans, the Republicans uh, in Congress can tell you that's a fact. And that's why a lot of people, Republicans, I'm assuming Republicans, I know Democrats, and I know grassroots people, grassroots people are calling for Banyan and others to resign. To resign. I'm hearing that that Banyan may be out of there pretty soon. But uh, it has to be up to Donald Trump. I mean, this White House, this White House is in total chaos. These people in that White House have lost total, total support and confidence of the American public. And I don't see how in the hell Trump and his goons and his thugs and his racists in that White House could try and get any legislation passed or through or anything. He's got uh, an investigation uh, under his belt. These people should have been out of, uh, he should have been impeached months ago, as far as I'm concerned. He should have been out of the office months ago. But the Republicans kept on turning their heads, pretending like they didn't see, pretending like they didn't hear, saying, well, it's awful, but but walking off. But they can't do that this time. They have to do something. This guy is wrecking America. And the leaders from other countries that, that are looking at the United States, they're saying the same thing. This guy has to go. But the Republicans, they can't seem to see that. But now they come into realization that they could actually lose in November of 2018, they could actually lose their seats and Democrats could just, you know, it'll be a tsunami of Democrats uh, rolling into Congress. And if Trump is still in office by that time, I hope not. But if Trump, Trump is still in office by November 2018, there is a great possibility he may have to deal with a Democratic Senate and a Democratic uh, House of Representatives. And if that is so, his ass is grass. He will be impeached. But he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to uh, want to think about that. Maybe he is and. You know, in the back rooms of the White House, maybe he is. I don't know. But, uh, you know, this is this does not look good for Donald Trump. It never did. 
And it's great to know that the Republicans are calling him out now. They weren't at first. They were just letting this guy go on and on and on, being an enabler, uh, aiding and abetting Trump, aiding and abetting his corruption, his crimes, his lies, you know. And then we got people like Kellyanne Conway, Miller, and all of these other surrogates, all of these other people going around the cable networks getting on talk shows and lying through their teeth about this man, trying to defend everything that uh, is is indefensible. Sarah Huckabee, uh, Sanders. I mean, I would like to see, I would like to see and hear her try to get out of this one. They will. I would like to hear Kellyanne Conway and some of, and some of, some of those other Donald Trump lackeys that go on these shows and try to make fools of the American people. Fools, lying, spinning, you know, it's just crazy. You can't lie your way out of this. If this would have been a Democrat, the Republicans would be all over it. But it's a Republican and it's Donald Trump. So they're trying to defend this corrupt monster. And they know he's corrupt. They know he's a criminal. They know he's a sexual predator. He talked about grabbing women by their private parts on the campaign when he was getting off a bus with now fired Billy Bush. it's, It's just crazy to me how the United States is just letting this guy just go on and on and on. People are saying, well, if Trump is impeached, that means we're going to get Mike Pence. Hopefully, if this investigation is, uh, is uh, uh, when this investigation ends, and I don't know, they, they're talking about it's going to be a long, long investigation. Whenever it ends, hopefully, uh uh, Pence will be tied into this thing some kind of way, and we can get them both out. Donald Trump and Mike Pence. They both will be sitting out at the curb because these people are horrible. Just think about the history books. Just think about how um, he's going to be received 20 or 30 or 40 years from now, 100 years from now, when they talk about uh, Donald Trump in 2017. This is history making. It's not good. It's awful. It's just plain old garbage, but it's history. This stuff is being written uh, uh, for the history books. If we have any history books, <laughs> they might try to uh, eliminate all the history books, but um, this is going to go down in history. Donald Trump, no matter he always try to he likes to look good he wants you to he wants to look good he wants you to like him he wants you to love him he wants you to uh kiss his ass but this is not going to happen because this is going to go down in history folks our ancestors far 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 into the future is going to be reading if earth is still here if we haven't been blown up by then they're going to be reading about what took place in 2017 what took place in 2016 Russians meddling with the election that that helped to get him elected.
this is going to be historical. Historical. The White House being trashed by thugs and goons and racists and white supremacists. People, uh, people being thrown off their health care. Uh, millions of people are being thrown off their health care. Donald Trump has advocated so many times, throw them off, throw them off. I don't care, throw them off. I just want something to sign, repeal and replace. But you're going to throw 32 million people off their health care. Who cares? But some of those people voted for you. Who cares? They're going to die in the street. Who cares? Just bring me a bill that I can sign killing people. This is going to go down in history, folks. Uh, and we're all going to be a part of it, especially those who are trying to fight and take their country back. The neo-Nazis talking about taking their country back. Taking it back from what? They got their guy. Their guy is in office, Donald Trump. Taking it back from what? The African-Americans, the Jews, the Mexicans? The peaceful protesters? This is what we have come to. And it's sad. It's a day in America that we have to do it this way. And wow. Okay. You know, it, it's just. Is just awful. What can I say? And we're back now with the round table. And I have a feeling you guys are going to have a little different comments than Tom Bossert had about that GIF. Let's let's look at it again. This happened just as we were ending our other round table. Okay, Anna, I got to start with you. I'm a CNN commentator. I think that is unacceptable. I think that is the president of the United States taking things way too far. It is an incitement to violence. He is going to get somebody killed in the media. Maybe that will stop him. I am disappointed beyond belief by the answer that the Homeland Security Advisor just gave. What a wuss. What a wuss. You could see that he is seeding his principles. You are the Homeland Security Advisor and you can't stand here and say the difference between right and wrong. That's what's part of the problem. He is surrounded by enablers that do nothing but shake their heads and nod their heads in agreement with everything that he says. They have got to stop. They have got to stand for democracy, for freedom of the press. This is just going way too far. The president of the United States is inciting violence against the free press. In America, we cannot stand for it. I mean, it is just kind of theater of the absurd, right? Um, I don't think any of us would have thought that this is something that the president, any president, would do. But in particular, it just comes, as you mentioned, right after the shooting of Steve Scalise, Republicans and Democrats said it's time to take the rhetoric down a notch. And this clearly does not do that. And everyone that we spoke to on the Hill right after that incident said the president was actually quite good on that stage. He was reassuring. He called for the, co the country to get together. 
Uh, he gave a really good speech and visited the hospital for, to see Steve Scalise. And now this, uh, I, listen, I know a lot of people who work for CNN who have to be scared and, and, and wondering why the president has decided to physically pummel somebody with the CNN logo uh, on his face. So it would be interesting to get some reaction. Nobody at CNN is scared. If anything, this is making each and every one of us more resolute, not to cower at, to, at the bullying of this president. This is a free press. This is a free country. This is a democracy. And if he thinks that with these little tricks, he's going to scare Jeff Zucker, he's going to scare anybody at CNN, he's got something different coming. We are resolute at continuing searching the truth, speaking the truth, and calling out right versus wrong. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking now, what do Americans think when they look at that? What do those voters think who I talk to in Ohio? I know that when we talk about ourselves and we say, oh, it's terrible that he's going after the media, but that, that's uh, pummeling somebody from CNN. Well, I, I think that uh, prob my, my guess is the president doesn't regard this as literally inciting people to violence. I'm I sure he thinks that, it's but, funny. And I think that most people see it and they think pro wrestling is fake. Yeah. And they think that's sort of what he's getting at here. The problem is that uh, it's just it's more juvenile behavior. It's something that most people, including a lot of his own supporters, want him to quit doing, and he can't do it. You know, I didn't agree with the way Thomas Bossert was talking about this, but I think he's right that it is genuine in the sense that he is showing us genuinely who the president From is. This is not funny. Look, there's way too I didn't many. Say it was, I know, but I mean, there's way yeah. too, and he can't think it's funny. There's way too many unstable people out in the streets right now at this time of impassioned and heightened passions. We all know it. We've all seen it. We have seen the results of harassment. We've seen the results of shootings. We've seen the result of violence out in the street. And for the president of the United States, who is supposed to be unifying this country, on a July 4th weekend. To be tweeting out incitement to violence. It is incitement to violence. Let us not parse words. Let us not call it by any other name. It is disgusting by this president. Yet one more disgusting act.
so far, sitting U.S. President Donald Trump is pretty much the only leader, uh, really not just around this country, but around the world, who has addressed the violence that took place in Charlottesville uh, this past weekend without specifically condemning white nationalist, white supremacism, neo-Nazi terrorism, uh, the likes of which took place in Charlottesville. Trump is the only leader that has not denounced those groups. Even Theresa May in the UK came out and said that this kind of behavior is deplorable and that these specific organizations, these groups, these supremacists need to be shut down. Paul Ryan did the same. Hell, even Mike Pence and Anthony Scaramucci came out and said that, but not Donald Trump, no. His response was that it's very, very sad. But more importantly, we all just need to come together. You know, forget the fact that there are people out there who expressing views that white people are somehow genetically superior, marching in their polo shirts and khaki pants and tiki torches, threatening other human beings. Now's not the time to address that. Now is the time to come together. Come together with these people who think that you are less than an animal is what Donald Trump wants us to do. And keep in mind, it's not like Donald Trump has some kind of aversion to talking bad about certain groups of people. This is a man who has called uh, refugees animals. He's called Mexicans rapists. He has attacked every possible group of people. Hell, he was on Twitter this morning calling out a black pharmaceutical CEO for leaving his manufacturing council. He spent all morning doing that, but can't say one word about white supremacism. But you know why? And honestly, this is not a shock whatsoever. Uh, Those of us who've paid attention fully expected this, but Donald Trump won't say anything bad about these groups of people's uh, people that committed these atrocities this weekend, because that is his base. Those were Donald Trump supporters. Those were Donald Trump voters. And those are the people that helped propel him to national office. And those are the same people that you see online uh, defending the president at every turn, even when he does something incredibly stupid, insensitive, racist, or whatever. They have his back no matter what. Not to mention the fact that we saw on Thursday he actually thanked Vladimir Putin for expelling U.S. diplomats from Russia. So do we really expect Donald Trump to stand up to anyone who helped put him in office like these white supremacists? This behavior was disgusting this weekend and should not be tolerated. Anyone who attended that white supremacist, or I'm sorry, it was called a Unite the Right rally, should be put in jail. The person who killed that woman with his car should never yeah. see the light of day again. You got we that right. We need real justice. We need real reform. We need people put in prison. Until we see that, until we really crack down on this kind of behavior, it will only continue to spread, especially since we have a president sitting in the White House, or excuse me, actually sitting in New Jersey because he's too damn tired to actually go to the White House who is actually on their side. His statement shows that. It sure does. It sure does. And Trump is actually on the side 
on their sides of these neo these neo Nazis, these fascists. He's a fascist. He's on their side. That's why he didn't denounce them the first time. He's on. He's with them. He's with them. He's one of them. He's got these kinds of people in the White House trashing the White House. Kellyanne Conway trashing the White House. Steve Bannon trashing the White House. Jared Kushner trashing the White House. Melena Trump trashing the White House. We have got to take the White House back regardless of what the Republicans in Congress are willing to do. Trump denied responsibility for the racist incidents that followed his election. Yeah, he, he denied all of it. And the Republicans in Congress fell in line, but the American people weren't fooled. The American people were not fooled. There were nearly 900 hate incidents across the United States in the 10 days following the election of uh, 2016. The majority of them, if not all of them, was because of Trump. Trump, uh, somehow he uh, ignited the, the slimy underbelly of the United States. Remember when Trump said, well, I, I, I love the uneducated. And he got them. He totally got them because he said, I love the uneducated. Remember when uh, uh, there was a black person at his rally? The black person was uh, uh, punched in the face and kicked out. Trump said, hit him in the face again. You know, Trump is a violent guy, physically violent person. There, this, is, this is in his DNA. And then there was a t one time at his rally, one of his rallies, and his rallies were always, somebody was always fighting and there was always racism. And he would condone it. He would egg it on. I mean, if you remember the campaign and his rallies, this is this uh, violence in Charlottesville over the weekend was straight out of his playbook. Straight out of his playbook. Trump is Trump. And he gave that second speech. It sounded good, but those were not his words. They were someone else's. He was speaking them. That doesn't doesn't mean that he were were understanding what they were meaning or that he cared. We have really got to get this guy out. While the hate speech and racist violence emboldened by his campaign only es escalated. Right, it only escalated after he won. It got worse, and it's going to get even worse. As he go on into this uh, this lackluster, leaderless presidency, nothing with Trump is going to get better. It's always going to get worse. You think it's going to get worse after he uh, denounced uh, this uh, violence in Charlotte, Virginia? No. If we, as long as Trump is in the White House, as long as Trump thinks he's a leader of running things. It's just gonna get worse. Okay, this is um, this is violence in in uh, Charlotte, Virginia. Tomorrow, the next week, 
the week after, it's going to be something else. This is what Trump is. This is what he's about. This is what he's, this is, this is his base. These are the people who put him in office. These are the people who are going to warn him that he will lose next time if he doesn't toe the line. So this is bad. This is bad. Trump is bad. He, uh, this is bad. And everybody, every organization, every business business person around the United States is condemning this. I mean, you've had people, uh, there's people uh, quitting and resigning from the Donald Trump administration because of this, especially the business CEOs. They're just telling Donald Trump to take a hike. And what does, and what does Donald Trump do? He attacks them because they're leaving. They're resigning. They're quitting their post. They don't want to, nothing to do with them. And what does he do? Instead of thanking them for their service, Donald Trump's, he lashes out at them. Yeah, I mean, this is just crazy. Donald Trump is in the White House by himself. His wife doesn't want to stay in the White House. He's going to be there without. A lot of people are just going to just walk up and just walk out on this guy. He's not going to be able to do anything legislatively. Because he's such an asshole. And Donald Trump was born an asshole. He's going to die an asshole. Donald Trump is not going to change for anybody. He may read a lot of nice words that someone else written for him, but he doesn't believe any of that mess that he just said. Because that's those people are his base. They are the ones who put him in office. And... It's it's going to be really interesting. And America, we're going to go through a lot of more crap with Donald Trump. You know, as long as this guy stays in office and he stays in the White House and he misuses taxpayer money by going on 17 day vacations. And remember all of all of those times he complained about Obama golfing this guy then outdid that. He doesn't care. Only thing Donald Trump cares about is that he is president. He doesn't give a damn about the people who support him. He doesn't care. He'll throw them off, off their Medicaid, their food stamps or whatever, or their government uh, subsidy programs. He'll throw them off. He doesn't care. Uh, we haven't heard any more talk about the wall. Um, that is just a non-starter. I mean, because he told us during the campaign that Mexico was going to pay for the pay for the wall, pay for the wall. That's another thing that got him elected. Okay, and a lot of black people voted for Donald Trump. Yeah, a lot of black people voted for Donald Trump. And people say, why did a lot of black people vote for Donald Trump? Well, I'm going to tell you why a lot of black people had voted for Donald Trump in 2016. They were sick and tired of Obama. They did not want to see a third term with Obama by having Hillary Clinton elected. That's why they voted for Donald Trump. They felt that they felt that Obama had failed them. 
they have failed him. And Obama did it. Obama ain't done anything for black people in the eight years that he's been in office. And I always say he's a coward. And I, I'm going to s- continue to say that. But that's why um, people did not vote for Hillary Clinton. I didn't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. I didn't want a Obama third term. But I voted for Hillary Clinton because Donald Trump was just atrocious. So that's the reason why I voted for Hillary Clinton. You know, I, uh, because Donald Trump was a lot worse. He was unfit even during the campaign to be president. And I knew it. But a lot of other people did not know that. A lot of other people felt that he was going to build a wall, kick the Mexicans out, keep them from coming in, <laughs> you know. And uh, black people voted for Donald Trump. They regret it now. They totally regret it. You can't find one black person now that does not regret voting for Donald Trump. But Donald Trump doesn't give a damn. Donald Trump doesn't care. Donald Trump saying, hey, I'm president. The hell with you people. I'm president. So what? You got suckered. You got conned. You got lied to. But now I'm president. Come over here and suck my toe. And a lot of women voted for Donald Trump. A lot of women. And this guy thinks that women are second and third class citizens. And then there's women who are defending him. And he doesn't give two cents about them. There were a lot of women supporting Donald Trump, and I couldn't understand that after he said that he would grab their pussies because he is a celebrity. And they just came out and started defending this guy. I don't like Donald Trump. I'm like a lot of people. I don't I don't like him. I don't think he's fit to be in office. You probably know that by now. I don't like him. I, I don't think he's fit to be in office. He's an asshole. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to govern. He doesn't know how to talk. All he knows how to do is step on people. That's it. And then say, I'm president. You're not. We've got to wake up, folks. We have to wake up. we got to get this guy out. we got to get this guy out. And he may be impeached before November 2018 because Donald Trump is still in office. Whenever If Donald Trump is still in office more damage is going to be done. This was told, this was a lot of damage done to the United States over the weekend with this violence in in Charlotte, Virginia, and uh, this this young lady being killed, rammed because a car rammed into a crowd of people. Just think about all the people who are injured. Donald Trump goes on television and says, well, it's the blame, it's, it's the blame is coming from all sides. The blame is just coming from one side, his side, the racist side. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. And uh, it is still a great day in the city of Chicago, folks. It's just something we just have to talk about this because, because uh, this is uh, what's happening in, in our country, in America. If you don't love America, if you don't try to stand up for your country, and you don't fight for your country, then I, I don't know what to tell you. The Mer- the White House belongs to 
two, if I can say it, I'm stuttering. Um, the White House belongs to the American people, not Donald Trump. We get to say who is in the White House and we get to throw them out. Um, you know, so this is just horrible. But let's just hope for brighter days, folks. We got to hang in there for brighter days. They're coming. The George Believe Wilder me, Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
The George right, Wilder uh, <laughs> Jr. show is yeah, now yeah, on we the know air. That. It is. Okay. All righty. Uh, Bruce Rauner, the governor, Bruce Rauner. Governor Bruce Rauner uh, uh, right now is doing a television interview on PBS. And um, I don't know, he's trying to persuade uh, the General Assembly not to override his veto on school funding. The, uh, the, the senators, the state senators in Illinois, they have overridden him. But now in order for it to become law, uh, the representatives in the legislature in Illinois have to override him. Both houses have to override him override the veto before it becomes law, before those kids can um, start going to school and get the funding that they deserve. He's on television right now trying to uh, justify vetoing uh, school funding for thousands and thousands and thousands of kids throughout the state of Illinois. How can anybody justify denying children their education. This is what this guy is doing. He vetoed it. He doesn't want uh, it to be overwritten. So he's talking to, you know, uh, politicians in the legislature to try to keep Michael Madigan from overriding and the Democrats from overriding his veto and supplying the, those schools with that needed money. This guy is just a mess. He is a mess. Um, we if if the election uh, overrode him a few months ago, we will still be without a budget in the state of Illinois. We will be this would be three years if they hadn't overrode him. But we're in we're in about sixteen billion dollars in debt because of him. Now he's now he he is in more debt by not. Um, uh, wanting the schools to have funding that they deserve and should have that's in the Illinois uh, uh, Constitution. And now he's trying to, he wants to run again for uh, re-election. It ain't going to happen. But still in all, let him run again so he can lose badly. But still in all, he's all over the tube trying to defend his veto of not sending money to the Chicago public schools so these kids can go to school. How do you defend something like that? How do you defend taking away or not wanting to money to be allocated to the public schools so kids can go to school? How do you defend that? You can't. I mean, he, he can talk all day, talk all night, and it's not going to make any damn sense. He can use the rhetoric. He can use, uh, say what, use his own numbers, his own figures, his own math. It's not going to make any difference. He can talk about Michael Madigan like he's the devil at midnight. It's not going to happen. You know, it doesn't matter. You cannot defend something that's not defendable but he's going around saying that 
you know, we're not going to, I'm, I want my veto to stand. I, I don't want any money going to the schools around Illinois because I think it's good for Illinois for the kids not to go to school, to grow up to be idiots like he is. This man is crazy. He's a looney tune. He shouldn't be in office. A lot of people are, uh, 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 saying he's side by side with Trump. And another thing about Bruce Rauner, all of these things that are going on in the world, in the United States, he has no opinions on. You ask him about what took place, this incident that took place in uh, Charlotte, Virginia over the weekend, he has no comment. You ask him about Trump and his budget, he has no comment. You you ask him about anything uh, uh, that the, Trump administration is trying to propose, like, you know, throwing so many people, throwing millions of people off of health care. He has no comment. He just, he just doesn't have anything to say. You know, and reporters try to question him on this and that. He just walk away and he doesn't, like, he doesn't give a damn about answering questions. And when he does try to answer a question, he doesn't answer it. He just talks around it. But, um, yeah, he, he he is a wishy-washy governor. He has no legislative accomplishments, just like Donald Trump. And um, and he wants to run again. And that's basically what he's doing. He's 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 trying to run again. How can you how do you think the people of Illinois is gonna be stupid for a second time and let you in? You haven't done anything, you have no accomplishments. The only thing you've done is veto money for schools and 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 uh settled saddled uh, the state of illinois without a budget for two and a half years what have you done nothing the only thing about bruce rauner that is probably correct is that he is governor there's this word at the beginning beginning of his name, governor. That's about the only accomplishment he has done in the state of Illinois. Everything else he's everything else he has done has actually hurt this state. Hurt it. Social programs, uh just helping the poor and the middle class, you know, they're they don't exist anymore because of Donald because of excuse me, uh Bruce Rauner. They don't exist anymore. And this guy wants to run for a re-election. Well, then kiss my foot. It, it's not going to happen. Why would the people of Illinois elect someone who hasn't done a damn thing but hurt this state? And that's all he's done is hurt this state. He's put this state in billions of dollars, billions of dollars in debt because he refused to sign a state budget for two and a half years. And the only reason why we have a state budget right now is because the Democratic legislature overrode his ass. And they are trying to do it again so the schools can open on time and so they can uh, be open throughout the uh, 2017 and 2018 school year. But he doesn't want that. He don't want that. He's going around talking about how that's and the thing about Rauner, he he talks about how much he loves the students and how much the students 
are 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 precious and warm and should and should be in school and should have all the funding that that they can get but yet he is not going to give it to them how can you be talking out of your ass like that he's saying this the students of illinois are great kids they should have the funding that they want they're beautiful kids they should be able to go to school but yet he vetoed a funding bill for those schools that's going to shut these schools down and not provide the education that he has talked about. See, he, say, he says one thing and then he says another, or he says one thing and then he does another that doesn't equate with each other. This is what he's like. This is what Republicans are like. Oh, uh, we, we're, we're not going to give them any funding because we don't like the schools. In essence, Bruce Rauner really don't like uh, Chicago schools. He hates unions. He wants to bust all the unions. He can't stand unions. And Chicago public schools are loaded with unions. And he can't stand it. Union members. And he can't stand it. That's the reason why he's not, I think, he's not, uh, 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 that he vetoed this spending bill that they call Senate Bill 1 or something like that. Um and, and it's just terrible. It's just terrible. He doesn't like uh, pensions. He, he don't want the teachers to get their pensions. He don't think that's necessary. He's done, this guy has done so much damage to the state of Illinois. It is just uh, phenomenal. It's a wonder that we're still, still standing. And we're standing, on, and the only reason why Illinois is still here. It has nothing to do with Bruce Rauner. Illinois is still here because of court orders. Court orders that uh, people have sued the hell out of this man to get. You know, court orders are, Bruce Rauner has nothing to do with Illinois still standing or Illinois being viable today. This is how much of a failure of a governor he has been. Orders. Uh, whatever the court couldn't order, they have closed up shop. And Bruce Rauner is still crisscrossing the state saying that he wants to be reelected as governor. He's still crisscrossing the state and saying that uh, my veto is a good thing. So in, in other words, kids not getting their education, kids not uh, going to school and graduating on time, that, that uh, doesn't mean anything to him. He just doesn't like public schools, period, folks. He doesn't like the, he doesn't like uh, teachers in public schools because this is a fact. Bruce Rauner a few months ago called public schools prisons. And one of, one of the issues on his time to bus unions and to curtail or eliminate workmen's compensation. He wanted to make this state a right-to-work state. And he was holding these uh, everybody in the state hostage until he gets what he wants. Now he's not going to get a damn thing, you know. Uh, and um, he's going around <laughs> making a fool of himself, talking about he wants to get reelected when he's done a damn thing. He's been one of the biggest failures in Illinois history, just like Donald Trump has been a, one of the biggest failures or the biggest failure in American history.
and these people and these two guys should be uh, side by side. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget to read my stories and books and stuff online. www.amazon.com slash Wilder slash slash author slash G Wilder. All righty. We're just about off. We got about three, four more minutes left into the show. Three to four more minutes left into the show. And I want to say, everybody, hang in there. We're going to get past this. this. This is not the end. Do not. Uh, feel depressed or lonely or anything or or as if you don't have a say in what's going on uh uh what's going on in the world today you do you have a lot to say we all have something to say we're americans we're voters we're voters we have a lot to say what's going on in washington we have a lot to say and we have a lot to say who's in the white house in the next few years. If this guy gets past that, I don't know. He may not. He may not. Who knows? Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day. Heaven help the white man if he turns back away. Heaven help the man who kicks the man as a crawl. Heaven help the song. Make sure you tune in tomorrow with all the great guests. 
Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Have a great evening.